Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. Big week. Big weird week, guys. Weirdos. We've uh, had the TJ episode, and now here we are with the Eugene Merman episode, and then we're going to put out another one on Friday, just because it's just, that just feels like the right thing to do, guys. <clears throat> Couple plugs, real quick. Uh, the uh, festival, the Alternative Comedy Festival, Riot LA, only has eight days left to make the final three grand they need to bring the festival, the first comedy fest to Los Angeles. So uh, I'm going to happily plug that. They didn't ask me to. I just like it. RiotLA.com. Do it, please. Do it, please. I'm going to edit that out. And uh, Chicago, I'm going to be in uh, your town, your your home, your town, Chicago town, January 27th through 29th. That's this weekend at Up Comedy Club, Seattle, February 1st at the Laugh Hole, San Francisco, February 3 and 4 at the uh, Sketch Fest, Austin, February 15th through 19th at the Cap City Comedy Club, and Madison, March 1 through 3 at the Comedy Club on State. It also looks like I'm going to be at South by Southwest, but I'm not positive about that. That'll be back in Austin in uh, March. Okay, guys, that's it. That's it. Quickest intro ever. Yeah. Well, All right. Yeah, I'll just okay, let's do it. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, nobody cares. I, like, you know, I care about... Well, you care because you're a performer, so it's like, what are the conveniences? But the idea of being like, well, yeah, no, if you'd, like, you... Like, they'll have a car pick you up and stuff, and it's really convenient. We're concerned about the relatability worldwide of this trauma i'm not even i'm not i don't know i mean this is what i thought you were saying yeah i thought you were saying pete no one is going to relate to me saying of course we want cars to pick us up to take us to parties well or even to work (laughs) or to like do it or anywhere yeah but but the difference is just though i don't know maybe cable channels do this too but i guess networks like literally like they have to send a car to pick you up to take you at the airport to pick you up at the airport i think i think it's like a contractual thing but i don't know enough about it and i'm sure someone with a hit cable show is like no everybody does that right (laughs) but i have no idea and what i was more like i don't really want to talk about car and just like we talked about this though the other day when we i know were, uh when, when we i was did the telling show. you that i can't find a car service we spoke of this yeah uh where there was a man playing the flute when i was in a cab he was playing the flute while he was in driving. the cab while, while driving, he was driving playing an actual We've talked flute about that before haven't we wait we he was he was actually before? playing the flute not playing just jethro <laughs> tall no i got a car from this was when I was in uh, New York. I was got a car from New York to JFK or whatever, mm-hmm. and I called him in uh, Williamsburg. And the guy came and he started driving me to the airport. Everything seemed fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I heard flute music, and I look in the front seat, and it was live. He was driving with his knees and had a two-handed wood flute that he was playing. And I, I leaned to the divider and I literally, I, I, I said. I can't believe I have to say this, <laughs> but could you not play the flute while driving? While you're driving me to the airport. See, I think that you have had an unlucky string of car experiences because 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 uh, when you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, you can just hire a car that'll take you. Right. Like in New York, it's very common. Right. Especially if you're in Brooklyn, where there aren't like yellow cabs. You have um, to call a car service. You have to call a car service. It's like not a weird thing. Right. Um, but here, it is, here I have the same problem. But, but uh, yeah, I guess because you keep getting a f- weird flautists. 
Uh, well, here I don't get flautists. I have gotten people that uh, play like some sort of Game Boy thing at every while driving. At every red light, they resume some game of Frogger oh, or something, which is very comical for a cab driver to be playing Frogger. He's in the game and he's playing the game. Yeah. And I, I, my, my overall feeling about people in cabs as the comment I always want to say is. Can you please drive as if I'm paying you to drive me somewhere? <laughs> Can you please act like I'm here as well? Because you're you're driving like you want I've to I've mostly die. had good experiences. Really? Yeah. You lucky son of a gun. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, I'm sitting here. Welcome to uh, Weirdest yeah. to You Made It Weird. This is Eugene Merman. Yeah. I made it weird. To. You made it weird. I did make it weird by misunderstanding what you were saying. That happens it's a fine. lot. It's fine. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's introduce this. Yeah. You're Eugene Merman. I'm Eugene Merman. <laughs> and I'm Pete Holmes. Yeah. We're and both from Lexington. Lexington, Massachusetts, birthplace of the American Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Shot heard around you're, the world. You're welcome, America. Some <laughs> people say it's in Concord because of the poem or something, but I don't... Wait, you mean the, ba- the location of the Battle Green? Is the, the act, no, no one says that. Oh, the shot, okay. the actual shot. Oh, the shot was in Concord. That's what some people say. I, I, and those I, people might be right. Yeah. It's like I Salem. Forget. We've talked about Salem, Massachusetts. I haven't. Have we? I thought we did. Maybe. Because of the witches? Yeah, you know what it was is you know Christy. Yeah, yeah. And I was in the my one of my first show business, if you can call it that, jobs, was Cry Innocent, was as a reenactor in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. So I walked around with like uh, knee-high knee socks, like mm-hmm. soccer socks, uh, you know, dress shoes, knicker pants, like short knicker pants, that sounds mm-hmm. weird, and an overcoat. And I would go around and pretend like it was 1692 with a mutual friend of ours. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because nothing of historical import happened in Salem. It all happened in Danvers. Oh, You've already learned something, listeners. Yeah. You've already learned. Oh, wow. But Danvers was like, fuck that. We don't want all that witch hysteria hung around our neck, if you right. allow that expression. Yeah. And Salem Village, uh, that was Salem Village, and then there was Salem Town. Salem Town became Salem, and Salem was like, we'll whore it out. Yeah. Yeah, it all happened here. They, Nothing they, happened there. Oh, those pigs. Yeah. But they made the right move in terms of tourism. Yeah, who goes to Danvers to get a fucking witch Nobody. history museum? Most people who are from the neighboring towns can't say where Danvers is. I don't know where Danvers See? is. <laughs> See? I definitely don't. Poor Danvers. Danvers. Why are we picking on Danvers? I don't know, because we're from Lexington and that's what we do. Is it what we do? Uh, we used to make fun of Arlington because it was a... Pretty good place. Pretty good place. That was near Boston. <laughs> Well, that was right next door. It was like our rival. It was, it was. That's where Dane... It Co- wasn't my rival because I wasn't involved in sports. Were you involved in sports? No, not at all. The coaches used to stop me in the hallway. Coach uh, Farius. Uh-huh. Did you have him by any chance? Did for you, what? I mean, were you, for what? were you aware of him? Maybe he subbed in some sort of class. I don't... I mean, I had gym class. I mean, I was very good at bombardment. Mr. Hunt? That sounds familiar. Yeah, Mr. Hunt. I mean, he was probably... Just somehow, even though you're older than I am, he was just as old as he was when he taught you as when he taught me. Just agelessly old. (laughs) Just an old man. Do you think there was a picture of him somewhere in the attic of our old high school (laughs) keeping him permanently old? And he's holding a dodgeball and it's slowly inflating (laughs) or deflating. I got to stick with it. But I used to get stopped by the people in the hallway and they'd be like, why aren't you playing basketball? Because I was so much taller. You were very tall, yeah. Very, very tall. I had none. Uh, yeah, I didn't have. No one looked at me and was like, you should be playing soccer because you're somewhat effeminate, but also bad at school. <laughs> and it, you have an interest in Europe. In South yeah, exactly. America. Yeah. Uh, no, we. I, I've never been interested in sports. Yeah. It, why are you not interested in sports? 
Well, I think that as a kid, it was because there was like the sort of dichotomy between nerds and jocks. And I was even a terrible student. Like I was a nerd by the fact that I was just sort of nerd. a social failure. Yes. But but I wasn't like good at school. Like I had a two, I graduated with a 2.1 grade point average. Wow. And I frequently had less than that. It was only that I picked up my grades towards junior and senior year. Really? That I got above two. Wow. Yeah. Two is a C? Two is like a two is maybe a C minus. Really? Yeah, because below two is one point nine. So why? And one point nine is no C. <laughs> why? Why? Why so bad? You're well, you know, I think it's a guy. combination of I found it very difficult to do things I didn't want to do, as as in a sense I do now, and then also I think that I probably just the whole experience of school I was just sort of so uh, disliked. I wonder if my phone. Um, I was so dis- disliked. It's Christy Wakeham. Uh, <laughs> Are you talking about um, things of historical relevancy <laughs> happened in Salem? How did she? I think, yeah, so I think it was a combination of one, I couldn't bring myself to do stuff I didn't like, which was most schoolwork. Right. Um, and then also, I think I just had such a tough time that everything to do with school was something that I just tried to avoid. So, so the second mean- I could leave school, I just wanted to you know, go to the woods or watch Brady Bunch or something. Right, right. Or just, a, uh, yeah. Because I, I, I'm sure, I know you've talked about this before because I've read it in like the Minuteman, mm-hmm. our local newspaper, but you were, you got a lot of shit in high school. Yeah, and like in a weird way where like people would stop cars and point at me and go, there goes Eugene. <laughs> like it was really kind of surreal. Like it wasn't just like people would hit me. In fact, though I probably got beat up somewhat, and, and probably more like an elementary school or something. Yeah. It was more that I was just some sort of weird, uni- like a universal weirdo or something. To also like older kids. There were some kids <laughs> when I was, I think, a sophomore who were seniors who, for some reason that I still don't know to, to, today, when I would walk through the hall, they would just point at me and yell legend. And I don't know what it – I like don't know what it means. I didn't know what it means. They didn't threaten me. It was just super weird. Legend! I don't know. Just the kind of kid that you had to hang something on. Like, you meant something to a lot of people. I was, I was, I think, infamous for whatever that was worth. And then eventually, you know, that sort of turned around in around, like, 11th grade, 12th grade. Um, yeah. I think when just, like, people also were just, became, like, older. You right. You know, I think. But, but it was like, but there were kids, like, I, you know, as, as lots of kids my age at the time like i liked you know like motley crew and and aerosmith and whatever and kids definitely were like you worship satan really uh you know which i really didn't do they also thought that i was like on drugs which i definitely wasn't and the crazy part is they were like yeah i remember that on drugs yeah and i was like i don't know what like i'm definitely not but I think you you might yeah. actually be. You guys are. Yeah, you're. I remember in your face. that. I remember there were like you know for better. Actually, I'll just say for worse. I didn't. I didn't start these rumors. But if there was like a quiet girl, someone would just be like, she makes pornography with vegetables. Like that would just happen, and then we'd all believe it. Uh. It's like. We just we didn't scorn her or throw no. vegetables. Why would you? Sounds like a great person. <laughs> we're like that sounds delightful. But like if you were quiet and just kind of like haunted the school, we'd, you know we'd I'm not even sure if I was quiet. I think I was probably also annoying. Like like if I had to guess, I think it was started in like first grade where I was like a weirdo and sort of an outsider, and then I probably became. Sort of like as a result, I would act out. So it just probably lasted for years right. where I was like. 
where part of me would be like, okay, I'm going to, like, every school year I'd be like, I'm going to turn this around. But I definitely remember, like, you know, right. like, crying all the time and it oh. being just kind of miserable. Do you... but, but then it was all kind of fine. Like, yeah, it's it... funny. Like, I don't look back and go like, oh, I'm just more like, oh, yeah, those were the cry years. Right. It worked out. Yeah. So much so that it feels, like, silly to, like... You said, though, that sometimes kids from high school will contact you and be like, hey, I feel really bad that I threw lit fire paper at your head. Well, no. Uh, in, in, in that one specific story, he contacted me to apologize, but he didn't actually remember that he threw fire into my hair. So he wanted to apologize in general for being a jerk, which was really sweet of him. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, oh, are you apologizing for the time you threw lit fire in my hair? And he was like, oh, did I do that? Oh I was like, God. wait, what in the world do you want to apologize for if it's not that? And he was like, oh, just being a jerk in just general. general... Which is really kind of sweet. Yeah, I have had like you know a handful of people, but but admittedly, it's like, you know, I think that if I was you know if I'd certainly done that or was some sort of weird bully in high school, I would definitely feel bad. And then as you grow up, would want and you become just like a software programmer, and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I did keep pushing that kid into the mud. That's weird. Yeah, I bet that flashes before your face yeah. as you're falling asleep. You're just kind of like uh-huh. legend. <laughs> <laughs> hey legend i love yeah. the legend kid that is that to me just makes me so happy because i feel like that's the sort of thing that when i was a senior we never did it in a mean way but would pick like some freshman yeah. and be like that kid's the king or something like yeah and, and would all well, just there you go yeah well that I, was me though and it was never it wasn't helpful well it also for me was like just part of this weird thing where like then people who i did kind of like who were in my class or you know the class below or whatever it would be would like then stop their cars or whatever so just all fit into this thing of like what the hell is going on that was the weirdest that was maybe the oddest thing i don't know what it was eugene i think there was yeah there was just like it was like seeing a teacher out of high school or seeing a waiter at like a mall that yeah right like it's always like seeing a b-list celebrity but i was in my own town it's not like i had a motorcycle and i was racing around the boston area but did you did you turn (laughs) Solving crimes. Yeah. Did you turn? Then I'd be like, "Oh my God!" There's Eugene solving a crime on his motorcycle all the way here. And then you do your catchphrase. Yeah, Merman is on it. Yeah, or whatever. And you have T-shirts. Exactly. You uh, did you turn it in? Did you start to embrace it towards the end? I think that what happened was uh, a friend of mine and I, David Ramsey, did a did a play for for Winterfest. Um, which which when I which was which when I was in high school the first maybe year or two, uh, they only accepted a certain amount. So like you actually like went through this process and then like eventually they sort of made it all day long and everybody's stuff sort of got made. But right. that plus I ran for senior class president and another friend David Clark came up with a slogan for me which was it's not just a change it's a mutation <laughs> and did and you I, win uh I did not win I lost by about 20 votes oh. but I definitely but but like for someone who was very a lot of people I think thought it would be hysterical yes. myself included if I became president legend and I also recently found a speech the speech that we would write speeches uh and then they were passed out like to you know everybody just got like three pages of everyone's speech right. to become president. And I found mine recently that I'd written. And it was crazy talk. It was literally like, I promise that I'll stop playing Z-94 like for whatever it was. Like the disc dance station is like, I'll play stuff from 
WAF and FNX and like promising to just play like hard BCN? rock and dances and BCN yeah. and FNX. Yeah. I was like, I'll stop playing dance music and play much more hard rock. Over the internet? No, no, or? no, at like events. Yeah, like, oh, at events. That would be crazy if I was like, <laughs> I'm going to pipe it into school, the school. Our school didn't start, each morning didn't start off <laughs> no. with Madonna. No, it barely, um, it barely had an And intercom. then just like weird, like I will take you to Nirvana. Like before the band Nirvana, like it really? was like. Uh, I will take you to Nirvana was one of your claims. Uh, I think it was written in a really. I think also there was, was like stuff tongue. about like enough with the hollow meaninglessness that is high school. Like I think it was like that kind of like oh, you know God. angry child speech. What? But it was also super crazy. So it was combined. Yeah. It was a combination of like Legend. things that were like almost like hackneyed like thoughts of a child yeah. combined with insanity. Like I will play hard rock and I will. <laughs> Legend. Take you to a magical Buddhist universe, and also, isn't this all meaningless? Oh my God, you yeah. were—you're super weirdo. That's a super weird kid. I say that in a good yeah, way. Yeah. I oh, was yeah. also a weird kid. Oh yeah. I what, It's funny. I want to talk about that because you, in your act currently, use things like speeches. You find all this stuff. Your your parents must have kept. Well, Quite a bit I, I did. I snuck it all into our attic. And then they just moved, so I just found it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But so, I'm also a bit of a hoarder of, like, old things. But, me. I mean, it when we did, we, uh, Eugene and I just did a show at the Paradise, and you did a killer, like, new... It was all yeah. new, and it was all this, like, hilarious stuff that you made as a kid. Yeah. I happen to look back on stuff that I did as a kid, and I'm like, oh, I was, like, a funny kid. This is, like, yeah. funny stuff. This makes me laugh currently. You must feel the same way. I mean, it kills. Yeah, well, well, some <laughs> of it is like, you know, it's just silly to have drawn a giant weird face on a report about India. Right, yes. You know, or, yeah, but also... That was on the back, right? The but, cover is like yeah, yeah, the, the mountainscape or whatever. The cover is normal, and the back is just a crazy, smiling, weird thing. But yeah. then also part of that, like, that whole bit was like, I mean, reading a letter to my parents that basically says that... Uh, <laughs> I don't appear to have a learning disability, but <laughs> right. I cle- but I essentially act like I do. Right, and 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 you know I wasn't special ed, so there was, but. But I think the other people like wait has- special at like level two or like uh, le- <laughs> oh my god no level two is simply the level that is the f- I don't know that is oh, such no. a funny question if you went to LHS that joke is for you level I was two. in level two yeah but that was not your special ed no special ed is actually a special form of education it isn't simply not honors. <laughs> I wasn't in honors. No, I know, level one. I want to be clear. I, I, yeah, yes. Yeah. I wasn't in level three stuff. I was basically in level two, and I just was a horrible student. And and the tr- and you know, I, I maybe I was in some level one stuff, but really I was basically level two stuff. But then also instead of study hall, I would go to special ed, which was resource room. Instead of study room. hall, I would go to I, – I took – Resource room. A reading test. Mm-hmm. I remember it was freshman year. They handed out this reading test. Yeah. It was like so antiquated. It was like Mad Men style. Right, right. They were like, read it, and then when you're done, just tell us what number word you were on. And I remember this guy next to me – I forget his name, but he, he looked at me and he was like, lie. You got to lie. And I was like, I don't lie. I'm, I believe in God. So I was reading this article, and I'm a slow-ass reader. And I'm, conf- I'm distracted. I'm like, what does this mean? Why did you tell me to lie? So I'm thinking about a million things. I'm not focused. They're like, ding, where are you? I'm on like word 13. So I got put in. Uh, a reading thing. A similar. reading thing. Probably similar I, to I you. had a similar thing, though. Maybe it was in sixth grade where I had a reading comprehension test where yeah. you had to read and then write what you read. And I 
started with what I'd read and then just wrote something about Buck Rogers or whatever it was. <laughs> and it's funny because talking to my dad, he was like, yeah, you know, you just got bored, so you made up your own thing, which right. is like a very nice way to put it. And then the other way to put it is I was asked to read something and explain what I read, and I didn't do that, which yeah. means there might be some sort of problem, whether it's comprehension or focus or whatever it is. But so, so, I th- so when I say that they were like, he doesn't, he doesn't appear to have a learning disability, it's that I was in special ed in the way that people who had disabilities were. Right. I was just never diagnosed with anything but being terrible at school. Right. Um, but this comes up a lot. This this sort of uh, idea that the a comedian and a lot of different creative types, musicians, photographers, whatever, this uh, distractibility and that overactive imagination, which is a yeah. hindrance in our youth, yeah. ends up becoming. Uh, you know, you turn, you make lemonade basically, and you right. you take uh, that imagination, that Buck Rogers story. Literally, you take if you had that reading comprehension test, right. You could read it and be rewarded for it today. Well, also now that would be a great bit where I could. Right. I mean, if I had that test, it yeah, would be it would amazing kill. to be like I was told to read this thing about three people on a prairie, and then I wrote a thing about a spaceman. I would. Can you imagine the swell of laughter as you're yeah. going like? This is a thing about bakers and how bakeries open in small na- and here is Buck Rogers and <laughs> yeah. I well, wish yeah. I could see it right now. I know. I know. I wish I had that test. But I love that sort of like turning not not a handicap but like right. something that's that's keeping us down because I had the same thing. I used to go into uh, tests and they thought you know these days if I was growing up as a kid now I probably would have been severely medicated luckily right. I went to like hippie uh, like Quaker school and all this mm-hmm. sort of touchy-feely stuff which I'm really grateful for I don't say touchy-feely in a bad way but I remember they brought me in to be tested and and I remember I don't have very many memories back then but I remember not trying Right. Like if, I, if you had explained to me like... Did they, when you took the test, go uh, in like 15 or so years, you'll be on uh, Variety's Top 10 Comics to Watch? They, I, they did tell me that. And then I was like, well, fuck this. Okay. Well, I'm not going to keep <laughs> stop doing this stuff. Eugene, I'm so glad you said that. I've just... This is, this is one of my career milestones for me is now when I have the dream that I'm back in high school mm-hmm. and it's the recurring classic dream where... Uh, I haven't been going to that class. I haven't been going to math class. Mm -hmm. I didn't even get the book. And there's a test. And it's like a history math class. It's not even just math. It's two things. And like someone is telling me that the final is tomorrow. And like I'll start going, well, can I get your notes? And then I'll go... No, I'm a comedian. I don't. I don't need any of this. And then I just leave the high school. <laughs> like I just, I just go. I don't need any of this shit. I'll never need it at all. And I just <laughs> run away. That, I you mean, might not fact, need the math, but you, but you, you'll end up using history. some of the history. Well, now I'm like, now I'm like my dad. I watch the History Channel for right. leisure. You know, a thing though that's like when I think back, like in sixth grade, we had a. Uh, spelling thing where we had to i don't know we had like a spelling book or something and yeah. i forget i imagine we had to spell in it i forget the details but what i do remember is that i at some point lost it and for some reason instead of being like i lost this book i need a new book i like sort of tried to be sick on fridays a lot and like <laughs> miss it and like tried to miss some and like maybe just didn't have it other days and that's probably around the time that they sent me that's around the time that i lip sank bill cosby for a book report and also you did that yeah, that's how, how partially I got sent to a school doctor who was like, so tell me about what do you, why you think that's a thing you could do. <laughs> <laughs> that is super but, weird. But for some reason, I think I had this weird fear of authority where I didn't want to just be like, I messed up, I lost this thing. And so right. instead, I would create elaborate ways to not be able to spell. Right. 
Um, and be sick on Friday, or and, like, and miss yeah, it or, and, or miss it, or like come late, or I don't know, I forget, and and who knows, maybe it happened four times, or maybe it happened right. nine. I, I genuinely don't remember. But I you just didn't... remember avo- trying. I remember that being an anxiety and trying to avoid that. And what I can't begin to recall, especially since like my parents were very nice, certainly it wouldn't have been weird to go like. I lost this thing, and then I'm sure that we would have just gotten right. a new spell. Like it was like it was right. like a golden spelling. Right, book. It right. wasn't valuable in any in any way. But there was just some for some reason I was just like so nervous about having messed up, which I still don't know. Yeah, well, were you an anxious fella? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I was just. It's hard to remember how. I, I would I would guess maybe, but when I was in high school, if it gives you a jumping off point, I had a bald spot on the side of my head because I, I it, hair fell out on the side of my head, and I like couldn't eat breakfast and stuff because I was so I went so like I said I went to Quaker school K through mm-hmm. eight, hugging, loving, calling your teacher your first their first names and stuff. They let me teach a class. Kind of sounds like your college, not right. to put your college down, but like kind of open minded, yeah, a little yeah. bit more slow uh, paced gentle and then i went to lhs which seemed like a concrete. my college was actually vicious hippies but go on <laughs> i'd like to get to that we're gonna get to that uh but okay so the k-8 version of probably similarly minded people found found in my uh, junior uh, high and then i got to high school and like bells and it's a sprawling campus to get from one end to the other it takes way more than five minutes with a book, book bag full of books so i just freaked out i just started freaking out and i lost hair on the side of my head it was insane wow and and that's where a lot of the humor started to come i'm interested in like how you develop a sense of humor because literally i needed help right help me i'm freaking out i, I needed smarter more savvy street smart and book smart kids to help me right. in my classes help me learn that like Pete, you don't need to bring your earth science book every day, man. You can borrow it from the uh, from the kid next to you. Right. That'll be okay. Like right. man, learn how to manage and like being likable and being funny became right. paramount because people would help me. It wasn't. It wasn't. I guess it was a little bit selfish, but it was out of desperation. I think for me, definitely, I started as a weirdo and then it sort of transitioned into being funny like by the end i like i was class clown (laughs) but not like because i like threw shit at people or something right but like that was like by the end of graduation that was the superlative or whatever oh it's a class clown yeah yeah like but you know i think it was just because i started just doing comedy things i also like you know listened to a lot of stand-up in sixth grade well you're doing bill cosby yeah in like 1986 or whatever 85 i mean that's pretty early uh, well i mean it was the cosby show was pretty popular show okay yeah yeah, i mean but 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 i was really into stand-up starting in essentially fifth sixth grade i was a big cosby show fan and i never even considered to get his album and then my parents took me to see him and that kind of changed things for me personally but you so so comedy came as a as a byproduct of the weirdness. It's almost like yeah. the celebrity. Correct me if I'm wrong. Put upon you by being legend, which uh-huh. is what I'm gonna. There's no way I'm not calling you legend oh for the rest God. of your life. That was legend. That was literally only maybe tenth or eleventh grade. Okay, but <laughs> you wait, know how you, you were saying... called just for one or two years legend. <laughs> By strangers who are older than you. Well, the same thing is true for me. <laughs> who cares? Nothing yeah. of it. Well, no, when I was in like ninth or 10th, 11th, I don't remember, probably ninth or 10th grade, probably 10th, older kids, like seniors were calling But is, that. isn't that around the time you were getting funnier? Uh, yeah, though, really, it was the following year that it probably transitioned. Though around 10th grade is also when I joined uh, Replace, which was a teen hotline. 
that that I would work that I worked on. In what, Lexington. What, does that mean? What, what does replay stand for? I'm uh, I forget what it stands for if it stood for anything, but it was it was in a in the Hancock Church in downtown Lexington. Okay, and uh, I started becoming I became a part of that with friends and sort of met friends through that. And that really, I think, helped me just a lot. Just like being on the, I mean, I think a lot of people in general gravitated towards it who were, well, maybe me more than most were like, you know, uh, I don't know, emotionally troubled. You were emo- okay, but and the other people actually, I would say, weren't nearly. They all actually, in a sense, felt like very stable. And and a lot of and the people who ran it, the adults that ran it, were just really kind of great people and what was it uh you would you know six to ten you would man a hotline and generally perverts would call but sometimes somebody would call and they would want you know they'd this be like legend they, yeah <laughs> they'd be like hey i think i'm pregnant what i what should i do and i'd be like well i'm 16 and i don't know what sex is but you should try calling 1-800-PREGNANT-HELP oh my god, oh my you, god. We, we would have a rolodex i mean we had like training and a, and a rolodex of like because this is there was no googling so like if you yes. didn't know what Planned Parenthood was. Yeah, it was very helpful that you could call this number that was advertised That's at the so high schools funny. and give someone this information. So sometimes we would get to help people. Sometimes people would call and they would just breathe heavily or be weirdos. Right. You know. Right. That's so crazy because in high school around the same time I was leading the Bible study at, mm-hmm. called Mustard Seeds. Yeah. I don't know if I was leading it or just attending it, but around the same age, sixteen, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, leading these these uh at the church at grace chapel uh i would lead these things where i was answering the big questions which right. i just also look back now on maybe the way that you were like i'm 16 i don't know what sex is. i was like yeah i'm 16 i don't know what anything is but here's how to like absolutely live your life no yes. questions asked yeah let's pray like <laughs> i look back on that i wrote up sermons and stuff it was oh crazy but that's also where i started to get a little bit more confident right. i was speaking to people i was playing yeah. guitar and leading the worship and stuff uh <laughs> so weird leading the worship but no no that's what we called it this was yeah. a little bit of lingo that's what you should call it yeah that's literally Religion. what it is that's literally what it is yeah, yeah but that's where comedy started to come in and i all i think our paths are pretty similar i was a weird kid right weird kid no home Really, when I was in, uh, what do you mean, no home? No home, like I didn't belong. Emotionally, like meeting, like peer wise. Yeah, yeah, I had a home. Yeah, I, I was like, home. what are you, what are you doubt? I called you your headline, uh, your hotline. Legend, I don't have a place. To I stay. live on the streets of a pretty good town. Yeah, yeah, I, picked, I live in Willard's Woods. I chose wisely, but especially in high school, junior high was worse. But high school, I didn't get along with the jocks. I didn't get along necessarily. I got along better with the nerds, but I didn't fit in perfectly. Right. I didn't want to play Magic the Gathering, and we had Vax computers. I liked it okay. Yeah, oh, Vax, yeah. The Vax. Uh, but like, I kind of was a bridge between uh, both communities, but mm-hmm. also didn't really belong to either of them. And then once I started doing this kind of outreach thing like you did with uh, Re- Replace, Replace oh, I started to be like, oh, I think I can convert oddness maybe into some sort of palatable comedy thing. Right. And that's about the time it started to happen. So I think that's wow. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember uh you said you, so you're being a weird kid. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me run this by you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh I don't know that just hit me perfectly. So I remember being a kid and remembering something that you said triggered this memory in me that I was like I remember being like oh I'm the weird kid 
Mm-hmm. I'm the weird kid. And I would go to kids' birthday parties and they'd serve the cake and the ice cream. And it was like one of my bits was to mash my face into the cake and ice cream. And I remember doing that and I remember very early on thinking, that's what I do. It's kind of my bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, uh, I mash my face into the cake and ice cream because yeah. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I'm like a funny guy. And I started to get the sense that people were inviting me to birthday parties that I might mash my face. Do the bit! You know what I mean? Right. That's a really old uh, memory. Do you wow. remember... Why did you think you were weird? Uh, do you remember? Because people stopped their cars and yelled, yeah, legend. Before, what are you? yeah, before that was happening. Well, you know, it started, I mean, it was. <laughs> you mean other than the paper ball fire flames? Um, you? Well, you know, I think it literally started with being like foreign as a kid. Like, I remember in first grade, the teacher said, this was the first year I was in the school system, was like, who went to kindergarten? And I raised my hand for whatever reason and went, I wasn't. I didn't live in one. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's all what? Six-year-olds, seven-year-olds looking for like, conf- like they're, they don't, they're lost. And they're like, well, I'm lost, but that guy's crazy. Yes. He can be our enemy. And He's he your sound- and, and also it was the 80s. It was the Cold War. It was, you know, 1980, 1981. You know, and you're from Russia. You were born in Russia. Yeah, yeah. So I think. That there was that element, but I think that it morphed. I think it started with like he's weird and foreign, and then eventually it was just like that guy's weird. And like right. it certainly was never, you know, probably past sixth or seventh grade, people didn't call me a commie, you know. Right. But probably up till sixth grade, people did. Like, really? go, like, you're a commie. And I'd be like, you don't understand. I actually really dislike communism. Right. And they'd be like, oh, tell me more. I want to hear this. That's crazy. We're both nine. Let's talk about this. <laughs> and I'm behind uh, them preaching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's got it figured so out. So I think it started with that, but I think that as it does, like, you know, if you're if you're sort of this weird loser in fifth grade, you're not going to be super cool in sixth and yeah. then seventh, and you're used to being treated a certain way. So that's why I say, like, I probably acted out. Like, I don't specifically have examples though i'm sure other people would you did start to ham it up you played into it a little but but i don't even mean act out like in a good way i mean like maybe i like pulled people's hair or like did weird things i don't know right like jock's hair like right um i definitely remember that i sweet sweet jock hair i I remember telling a girl in science class that she no and maybe english class that she filled me with pathos (laughs) oh what a specific insult and like i would write like cryptic like lyrics on either my hand or piece of paper when people would be like you're a fag and then i'd write some weird cryptic lyric and hand it to them so like Wow. I mean, that was a great way to make people think that you were an angry wizard, but not, <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, but admittedly, what are you going to say when people are going, hey, fag? I right. mean, like. It's as good of a response as any. I guess. But it's kind of like losing your spelling book. You don't go the direct route. You right. don't go, I've lost my spelling book. Surely I'll tell my parents and they'll get me one. You'll go, I'll lip sync Bill Cosby or whatever your yeah, yeah. remedy is. You don't seem to carve a traditional path. Right. Which is, which is wonderful and weird right. and wonderful. Uh, did you have friends? I did. I did. I, I had friends. And, and more and more as time went on. But yeah, I had friends. Um, you know, I had some friends from elementary school. I had some friends that went throughout like all of, you know, elementary, junior high and high school. And Are then I'd made okay. more friends um, and still am friends with with. Because was weird as cool as it was when I was in high school. I, I started high school in 19. I graduated in 97. Right. So I guess I started in 95. Yeah. Uh, So I can't be subtracting four from seven. That's not what I'm on this show to do. All right. Okay. Three ish? (laughs) Yeah, three ish, 93 ish. 
Uh, weird was where it was at. You wanted to be See, weird. You, well, that's very I, fortunate yeah. for you. I feel like you would have been cool because the kids that I knew that were like as weird as possible, if you were uh, some of the – I mean, they took some shit for sure. Yeah. But maybe I thought they were There were cool. a few kids who I think were like weird and cool, but a lot of it was – you know, uh, I think, you know, and a lot of the people who were cool were genuinely, they were like Ethan Zahn, like a very nice guy who was, you know, popular in general. But he wasn't like a jerk. He was like a right. very nice, popular guy. Right. Um, but I also, when I went to school, like, you know, it like Nirvana broke that year. Like, I think like a lot of stuff that is sort of the, the, the canon of, 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 of sort of indie and alt music and stuff like that. Right. Not to say that stuff didn't, it was, you know, huge in the 80s and stuff, but not right. quite in high school and not in a bigger way. But before that was Paul Abdul. I mean, it yeah, ushered like, in... Yeah, like the... Th- or, or, or sort of glam metal or, you know, right. you know, it was... I mean, there were certainly underground things existed and certainly I was discovering those things. Right. But like, you know, I don't know... Like I, I bet in I bet like in nineteen ninety seven a lot of kids at our high school listened to the Pixies and I just don't think when I was in school there right. as many kids listened to the Pixies. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, there were kids listening to like REM and U two. Like it's not like it was all like just sure. people like punching each other playing Paul Abdul. <laughs> being, like, Good rage music, yeah. Paul Abdul. Well, Straight up. <laughs> Why? But, but it was like but it was but it was I think before it was I, I not to say that there weren't uh, sort of outcasts who were maybe cool that certainly right. existed, but I think it was before that was making... as big a part of you know what it it was before the internet in a broad right. way. It was before like you know the, the, before there were so many outlets yeah. for so many people. I I really do think Nirvana probably did make a huge difference because think... like there were kids at my school at our school that had mohawks. They were they were my friends. It was easy. I was like this kid's the coolest, and they were they were cool yeah. kids, and they. Sure, people called us uh, fag and stuff, but it, right, right. it didn't seem that yeah. bad. Kind of right. like you're saying. It was like, eh, what are you going to do? Well, it's the only – it's weird because it's the only slur that was applied so universally for decades that, that means a thing but is just applied to everyone. Right. It's like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, you uh, you mentioned all that music stuff and that, that brought to mind that you something that I've always thought this is one of the we've actually covered some, the structure of the shows I'm supposed to ask you about three weird things about you okay. but we've covered like 50 so I okay. think we're good on the weird quota but one of the weird things that's career based actually several of them are career based is that you open for bands yes I don't understand that terrifies me you open for the shins yes. which I always like to think Zach Braff comes out after your set and goes this is the shins and then puts earphones on the crowd <laughs> it's a garden state reference yeah, yeah. Uh, and and modest mouse these are like yes. rock fucking rock well, bands they and, are and you're going out into an energy that i feel like wouldn't be conducive to you reading a, uh, a newspaper article you wrote when you were 12 am i wrong well i maybe didn't at the time but it, you um, know what you're, it's, no, it's you're, also you're, not you're, conducive to like bill burr or somebody with like super right, like right. fucking i can crush anything it's not a, a comment on you. I just don't understand how comedy can happen. Well, well, there's two different things. Um, well, one, at the time that I sort of was doing this, I was just looking for any way. Like, I didn't have any money <laughs> to live my life um, and be in New York. So, like, you know, one, it was, like, basically for the, with the shins, like, Robin, who is currently my agent, yes. um, 
Robin Taylor approached me and was like, do you want to open for the shins? And I was like, sure. You know, and the, and the thing that happened with that is that I wasn't promoted and I went out at the time they were supposed to. Oh, no. So it was like, so it was like, you know, they had three sold out nights of Bowery Ballroom. And this is maybe right after that, the shoots too narrow. And, uh, and so they, and they were like, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone's like, the shins. And they're like, ha! <laughs> Eugene Merman. Oh. And then I came out and people were like, what is oh. going on? There's kids but from it, our high school it there. Went, <laughs> it went, uh, but you know what's really funny is it went kind of pretty good. And I think there was a moment where somebody was yelling and I just went like, I can't believe I'm being heckled by a guy who could, like uh, by an audience that could get beat up by Bell and Sebastian. Uh. And I think that that kind of flipped it a little where they were like, oh my God. Like, I think because I think. Because I think that there was still the stereotype of stand-up from the 80s. Yeah. So I think when I came out to do stand-up, they were just like, why? Like, he's going to make up a relationship and joke about it. Right. And it was like, and so, but but then with like Modest Mouse, I was billed. And, and those were like, some of the shows went really well. Some of them were very hard. But part of it was like, I was getting paid. I was also getting to do a pretty cool thing. It was very hard, but I sort of learned a lot. Um, but, you know... That was it, it was an opportunity, and also like it, it was a neat thing that I could do with also not that there, you know there's not that that much there's not, there's only so much that you can do on your own, and that in a sense was one of the things and then and then I started working with Robin, who's still my agent, mm-hmm. and then playing more like music venues with you or, or, with, with now I do what we did, which is my favorite is to play a seated music venue with all comics. Like I actually don't tour that much with bands. I'm about to do a tour with Andrew Bird. Right. But again, like I think his audience will be really pleasant. It'll be in theaters. They'll be seated. You know, yes. it won't be super rowdy. I'll- and then I did other stuff like you know Yola Tango or I emceed this tour with Cake. But the truth is, with Cake, like you can go out and as long as I was the first thing and I was I could do a bunch of stand up. And then as each band played, it was harder to do stand up in between. Yes. And before and Cake was like. You should do stuff before us, and I'd go out, and you just people would just chant cake, and I would be like, "Well, I'm not going to really do stand up because right. they're just yelling cake, and there's yeah. no point. There's like, there's no point in having this battle when, especially up front, it all went totally great. Right. So you know, it's part of it was that it was an opportunity, and then part of it was that it was also kind of fun and challenging, and also it was the audience that I wanted to sort of find. Yes. You, you wanted know, to cross them over to comedy. Yeah, and a lot of them had been. You know, a lot of a lot of I, I, a lot of the people, a lot of those people don't go to comedy clubs, right? You know, but they would be more than happy to go to the Paradise right. or to Bell House or whatever. Well, that's a new idea. I, I feel like you've you've pioneered a number of things. Well, well, go on. Ah, I mean, a lot of people was, have. Was, done, I mean, like you know, David Cross did it. Sure, and Todd I did Barry it with Stella. But then, even like going even way further back, like you know Lenny Bruce and like yeah. there was you know be- comedy clubs this is the one thing that i think that people don't really talk about like comedy clubs in a, in a large way are an invention of the late 70s and 80s right. you know they certainly existed before that but not in the amounts they existed right. in the 80s and maybe now still and before that comedy happened at you know cabaret places at music or theater venues right. comics existed but they just toured the same spaces Musicians. It was only right. for a period of time that it was comedy clubs. Well, that, that's that's what you and I uh, spoke about one time that I always reference when we talk is that when I talk about you touring, I'm like, I don't understand uh, or I want to understand how you successfully take without compromising your act. A lot of guys, 
uh, we'll have like an alternative sort of interesting act. Then you go on the road and you're not you're gonna, you're not going to do it. Right, you know right. what I mean? And I was like, because it's not the East Village. And then you said to me, to me famously, you said, well, there's an East Village in every city. Yeah. And you just have to find it. And this yeah. is what I think that you've done. You kind of understood, oh, they like the shins, and I like the shins, and it will probably come together comedically. Yeah. And then also you did something that was interesting, was you started doing viral videos before there was YouTube. Yeah. Well, that's is- sort of... Well, again, in the music thing is part of it, but like I basically did anything I could think of that could get me out there. Like, obviously, I can't just get on NBC, but right. I could put a video online and I and people could watch it right. through their weird slow modem. But yeah, I mean, in you know the late <laughs> '90s, I guess I was putting like these two camera kind of videos that are probably reasonably common now, but probably very uncommon then. Right. Um, I remember online. waiting for them to load. I yeah. remember going to the uh, the marvelous crooning child, the website. Yeah. Not because uh, if anybody doesn't know what that is, go to eugenemerman.com and there's an old picture of you and it sings songs. It butchers uh, funny songs. I remember that got passed around. Yeah. It's just, I, I love that. I, I'd love to talk about this strategy, this idea. It seems to be that you wanted to do whatever it took. Well, it's a combination of whatever it took and what I enjoyed doing. You know, it, it's sort of part of when I was a bad student. It's because I couldn't make myself do anything I didn't want to do. And that still sort of holds true. Yeah. You know, I hate auditioning, so I'm not in a lot of random stuff. I'm mostly in things named Eugene because right. I'm mostly in stuff that people I like or like me, we work together. Right. You know, or they cast me or write a thing for me. Right. You know, um, I, you know I still can't really bring myself to to do, to do stuff. Like, to, like, I, I'm also not, like, you know, I took some acting classes, but I don't feel like... But, like, when I see actors, like, memorize lines and, like, really nail a thing. And, and, and I, I mean, I certainly would be able to do it. And I would, especially if I really, like, loved something. I understand. But the idea of having all my time being taken up with, you know, going from audition to audition for sometimes a thing you'd like and sometimes for a thing you're very neutral about. Right. You know, or even commercials. You know, I, you know if I... Happen if some company I liked happened to want me to do something, I would maybe do it. But the idea of trying it's funny. to do that sounds sad, not sad. Like it sounds just like a thing that I personally don't want to it's, invest in. That doesn't happen to me often, but just today I got an email, and I never used to feel that way. But I got an email today, and it just exhausted and depressed me. It was like we're looking for a host for this thing, and then it was like send us your headshot resume real. And then it was like, answer these questions. Why would you be, why is this your dream job? And, yeah, I, was, yeah. and I was just like, no, yeah. you know, this, this, this makes me want to vomit. And it's, and it's not because I'm proud or anything. It's just like, no. I can't see myself. I want a Eugene Mermet, Mermanet. I'm going to use that as a verb yeah. in that. I'll just keep putting myself out there yeah. and let them be like, Oh, like a like a Pete type, like a Eugene yeah. type, like and and that, that idea of these uncastable people like Kristen Shaw, who, who's on uh, yeah. Bob's Burgers, with and you. casting a lot of stuff now, and ca- casting a lot of stuff, but for a long time wasn't casting a lot of stuff, but then she right. got out there. You put yourself out there. Well, it used to be that you would do like you know the Aspen Comedy Festival in Montreal, and people would just be like, "You're so funny, I just don't know what to do with you," and right. you sort of. The and classic. what's really funny about that is like. Literally, you don't have to think of it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Like, like it's just a different, yeah. like, sort of thing now where 
before you had to figure out how like somebody could figure out how to do a sitcom you, around you. Yeah. And it's like, and now it's like, who cares? Like you, you good luck. Like if you can, great. Yeah. But if not, it's not a but big it's deal. Also, not necessary. That's what you're saying. Right. I, I love, and I can't talk enough about what an empowering time we live in. Any any creative person, but I can only speak to comedians where it's like. Uh, I was just talking about this. A, a rejected idea here becomes an idea that you can just do for yourself yeah. there. And you just put it out there. It's got to be good. That's the catch. Yeah, yeah. It That's has to work. <laughs> like, uh, no, I mean, no, but in, 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 like, you know, a lot of people would talk about alternative comedy as being like, you know, there's no punchlines or it's an alternative to comedy. But w- not even to say that what I'm doing or we're doing is alternative or not, but right. just more that, like, actually it just has to be funny and then it doesn't matter if it's like you're showing a bunch of pictures or you're reading from an old notebook or whatever right. if it makes an audience laugh and if they connect to comedy. it then it works right. and 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 you know and it's comedy like right. so so i think like the idea that like there's uh, alternative comedy does have punchlines it's just maybe structured differently or whatever right. and a lot of the bits i do will have like a bunch of punchlines they're just not um, they're disguised differently, yeah, or they're just presented differently, or they're presented, they're presented earnestly, or if, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know. It doesn't and have th- the same, yeah. But in general, I think a lot of the stand-up now, um, you know, there's a there's a greater probably earnestness than there was, t- you know, towards the late eighties. Well, that's or that, 90s. that's that comedy club thing. The idea that the discotheques all closed in the seventies and then they became this cheap entertainment of of the stand-up boom yeah. in the eighties, and then all of a sudden everyone was doing stand-up. Like right. like you always hear about. Someone like, oh, I did stand up for a little while in the yeah, yeah. 80s. It's like, of course you yeah, did. There for a little while and made thousands of dollars. There was a gold rush. Yeah. Yeah, put together five minutes. But now, yeah, yeah. It's, I was actually thinking as you were talking, the idea that if you had come up in that time, there might have needed to be some sort of like, my name's Eugene. I'm from Russia. Imagine if I talked that way. Anyway, you know, like some right, sort right. of like tra- traditional. Yeah. yeah. I I'm half up. Russian and hell, so the other half is Russian, so I am going to kill you. <laughs> Not bad. Huh? Not huh? bad. Holy shit. That actually wasn't bad. Can't wait. Can't wait to... Uh... <laughs> I'm half Russian. So I'm going to guess you if you terrorists attack me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to do a very friendly but angry version of Yakov Smirnov. Yes. Oh, that did exist. Yeah, you yeah, did come exists. up in the 80s and your name was Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, yeah. And you would do that. Now you're you. Yeah. That doesn't make but, sense. But... um. Yeah, I mean, we don't you know, but there were also amazingly original comics from that time, too. And a lot of the people now who are the stars of, of now did start then, like Louis C.K. and Cross and Patton yeah. and all those people. Like, they're all from, you know, they started they, in they the they probably 80s. would have been, they, they definitely would have been doing it anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? They would have been doing it. They just happened They would have been up. doing... Stand up. Like, okay. if, if, if in some alternate reality they came up earlier or later, yeah, yeah. I think they still would have found it. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot, a lot of the people in that time were probably opportunist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that there were, yeah, there are lots of really good stand-ups that. Oh yeah, yeah. Were around then. I don't mean to say that was a time of only sports coats and lies. Yeah, me neither. And and Seinfeld, one of the biggest guys of the '80s, is is one of. Literally, my, don't know who, who do you know? Jerry. Ah, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. A classic. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, no. He well, yeah. He was he was the the king of the '80s. Yeah. Speaking of and you, today, not. <laughs> You not wanting to do he's still up there. Not want yes. it's funny how he has been in my own mind. I wonder how many people can relate to this idea was Seinfeld was my number one mm-hmm. for a long time. Then Brian Regan yeah. was uh my number one kind of dethroned Seinfeld. And then they've all been dethroned uh by Louie. This comes up a lot on the show, mm-hmm. but this new uh premium being put on like we want to see everything. 
Right. When Seinfeld is up on stage and not swearing, that used to really appeal to me. Well, I think that it is, you know, he is an, I mean, he's an incredible joke writer. And also it's like, yeah, Louis is really funny, but you're probably not going to take, you know, unless you want to get your eight-year-old to stop being such an asshole right. to see Louis. You're right. Like, They're like, but, but like, yeah, you know, some people have children, I've heard. <laughs> and, and, them. and I think that like, and also there is that like Jim Gaffigan, he, he doesn't swear. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. It's totally different audiences. And here I am, thirty-two single. Of course, I love Louis. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and I th- no, and I love Louis too. I'm just saying, like, there is, you know, I think that it is. I also swear, but I do think that there is like a, a, a value in an art form to writing. You know, stand up with with you know no swear. Right. I mostly don't yeah. swear. I swear. I swear mostly when I'm working something out. Right. And then I take the swears out. But uh, but I do want the premium being on the emotion. Yeah, yeah. And if you're swearing or not. Yeah, yeah. We don't really on the raw real. Yeah, authentic. we don't really know who Seinfeld is. Like, I mean, like I know what he thinks about cotton balls, and I know what he thinks about weddings, and I right. know what he thinks about how old people eat, and it's really, really funny. And you're absolutely right. There's a perfect counterpoint. That is what I'd want to take my parents to. That's what I'd want to take my kids to. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Louis. I mean, five years ago, used to offend me. I was like, this is offensive, you know, because I was more offendable. Right. And now I'm just like, oh, I really like watching this Now you're this divorced. Guy. You drink more. It's yeah. good. Things are good. Yeah. <laughs> you did too. You and I have tied one on uh, many, many times. Oh, right, right around the time of my divorce, doing the Union Hall show, mm-hmm. drinking quite a few, uh, tr- drinking quite a few uh, scotch drinks yeah. together, like gentlemen. Yes. By like Bocci gentlemen. Courts. Yes. Let's talk about New York. Mm-hmm. New York... You every time you've said I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do, I keep thinking L.A. has to be one of those things that it, have people stopped pushing that on you. No one ever really pushed it on me. People ask me sometimes, and I happen to have sh- I happen to be on shows in New York. Yeah, that works. So out well. I don't really have a reason to go to L.A. Um, and I also, as we mentioned at the very beginning, don't really like driving. Yes. Um. So you know, I just strongly I like being able to walk out of my apartment and you know, hop in a cab or whatever, yeah. or just walk three blocks and meet up with a bunch of friends. That's right. a thing that, you know, I really... Well, speaking of being drunk like, at Union Hall is that we'd get on the subway or, or when I lived in Park Slope, I'd just walk home or you could yeah. walk home. There really is something delightful about yeah. that. So, so in terms of LA, like, I also don't want to audition. So, so the main right. advantage of LA is that I could come here and I could audition for movies and stuff, but... I'd, I'd happily be in movies. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to... Uh, not to say that I don't want to audition. I just you know don't want my... I, I think that... I'm, I'm also more of a stand-up or a writer or whatever than, than specifically an actor. Like, like I, I like acting, but I don't see a reason to pursue that in excess of just writing jokes to do more stand-up. Right. You know, like, not to say that I wouldn't do it or that I wouldn't be happy to... You know, when I am cast in things, I certainly, like, spend time going over it and memorizing and, right. you know, thinking of things sure. and working it out. But that's more after I'm cast than before I'm cast. Yeah. You know what I... When you were just talking, I'm really struck by is that uh, this is actually kind of dangerous, uh, not, not in a serious way, to put out there in the sense that I know that a lot of people uh, aspiring to do creative things, uh, listen to this. And what's dangerous, I think, about it is that I think for every Eugene, there's probably a hundred other performers that had a similar attitude of, that I'd like uh, to hear you speak to, of like, I don't want to audition. I can't see myself dancing 
for the man. It's unpleasant to me. It just seems like some. It's not really my speed. It's not even that I can't see myself dancing for the man. Is I can't see myself trying to dance. Trying but, to but dance. I yes. can see the result of dancing. I just can't see the attempt to dance. The attempt to dance is so like I just admitted to myself. Yeah. It can be stomach churning, and you're yeah. just like that's just not for me. I, but the funny thing is, is that, I mean, one, it might be it's stomach churning, but more mostly it's like. Uh, it's just a new. It's it. It feels like a nuisance, and it also more than that feels like not what I would like my life to be. It, it's just mostly that yeah, like okay. I would certainly go and do an audition, but the idea of it becoming you know five auditions a day, it's yeah. just not, not you know. Some people totally want to do that, and they're very good at it, and they should totally do it. I'm not right. saying telling anyone not. No, to no, do that. that's that's not what I'm, I'm just, saying. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying personally, right? It's not even like that's the thing. I think like. It's not. It's it's not to say that it isn't integrity, but it's not like about the idea. I mean, I'm on a show for Fox. It's not like I'm like I'll only work for a tiny. Nah, 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 nah. I just mean that like I'm also on a show that I really enjoy. Right. You know. So it's here's what here's what I was uh, kind of getting at is I throughout my uh, short career I've run into a lot of people um, in Chicago when I was living there and uh, New York and blah blah who would be like. I will move to New York. Uh, I'll move to LA or New York when someone wants me to, when someone asks me to, when someone's looking for me. But the thing that they weren't doing that you were, you did so mm-hmm. well was putting yourself out there consistently, right? Always putting new videos out, always putting new albums out, just constantly that flow of Eugene, right? Which you understand, but what I the, what, that's the point I want to hammer home because the idea of just kind of doing some shows around town and being like. I'll uh, I'll be in a show when they ask me to be in a show. I'm not auditioning for shit, you right. know, like that. That that well, could be dangerous. Uh, yes, no, that probably would be dangerous. But, because I've but, seen a lot of people have that attitude, and then they don't. Well, it I think work that out. I mean that attitude for me is supplemented with I'm going to do stand up, and it has to work, and it has to make people laugh. Like it has to have actual results. Like yeah. it can't be like I get on stage and I tell a story about shopping, and if nobody laughs, they don't get me. Yeah, yeah. Like and then Fuck I go to guys. sleep successful. That's how like, I shop. Yeah, like, I mean that, like, and also you're trying to do a bunch of things. Like, I can put out an album, you know, much easier than you could make a special. So, like, right. you know, through that agent where I toured with Modest Mouse, she sent some of my videos to a small label in Seattle before I was on Sub Pop. And he really liked it and was like, I'd love to do a record. So then I did a record. And then that also establishes you a little. Um, yeah, sure. And admittedly, people probably at that time in my position rarely put out their own record but um but that was a great sort of thing so like i was working on doing a lot of different things in a lot of different ways it just wasn't to audition for yes. some show so well that's exactly- so i was working on lots of ways that i thought right. that i and you know i wrote a book or whatever like i was working on ways to yes. have a career and make money well that's what i think is beautiful and that's exactly what i wanted you to say which is like we're not talking about not walking on uh, a path we're talking about walking on a different path walking pretty yeah. aggressively walking very very path. aggressively on a path of your choosing yes i felt you look at the clock how are we doing we're doing great. Was it when I turned and looked directly <laughs> at the clock? Was that what gave it away? Uh, we're doing all right. We, we probably like 10 minutes-ish. Oh, shit. So. That's that 15? no good. No, well, no, we've no. done about an hour or something. Yeah, one hour. One hour. How long are these normally? Like 90. Oh, okay. But well, okay. yeah, well, we could do 20 minutes. Let's not put a label on it. Let's not sure, it. Sure, but let's do between 10 and 20 more minutes. <laughs> 
because there are two there are two other topics sure uh that i always love to get into we didn't really talk about your college but i'm sure there are interviews where you talk about that i I, i'm always interested uh in uh sex we call it that for lack of a better term which probably would be relationships Uh uh-huh in that uh you know you're a strange uh in a strange field strange person in a strange field doing a strange thing mm-hmm. and i know i know you have a a girlfriend, girlfriend yeah for a long time now right yeah uh, what are we looking at for for uh, five years, five and a half years? Five years that's a good goodly length. Yes, and you live together. We do, we do. And so this works. Yeah. So excuse me while I uh, extract information from you for my own game. Sure. What does she do? What What is the deal? Uh, she is a decorator for film and TV. Uh, she was working on a show called Are We There Yet? Uh, which with Christian. Just, with Christian, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just wrapped, like, literally, like, a few weeks ago. But in L.A., she does that? No. Uh, oh, it, it shoots in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, literally, she just wrapped, and she'd been working on it for a few years. But she'd worked on The Electric Company, Human Giant. Okay, um, so all the New bunch, York shows. A bunch of New York stuff, yeah. Okay. Space Talk from Dimension Eugene. Was, I, I think that was the, the first... Part. Space talk from Dimension. Yeah, that was, I think, the first... Because she had been a photographer. Is that how you met? Uh, no, we had met a little before that through a friend at Invite Them Up. Through a friend at Invite Them Up. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah, and how she lived lovely. in Amherst at the time, where uh, where and I went to Hampshire, which is in Amherst, so... So she's from Massachusetts. So she's from, so she's from Massachusetts, and I would go up there, and she would come and visit and stuff. Okay, so she has a job with... Uh, well, let, let's, let me ask this. Is she a fan like, does, she, does she go to shows? I'm always, she goes I'm sometimes. A, I mean, I think you know more probably earlier on than I mean, you know how much stand up do you go to just watch? Yeah, well, that's exactly you, you know my what point. I mean. And and we love stand up, right. so like you know, I think that she certainly comes to a lot like you know like various like fun events and things that seem that they'll be like out of the ordinary but like just to come to a set or something yeah not really N- nor would i wish that upon anyone well that that's but the, a handful of audiences who are we talking to i forget who we were just talking to this about where, where it's like kind of like this weird understanding where it's like you don't need to come but then there are people like uh, Kumail and Emily who always come up. Emily's actually going to do the show. Right. She goes to a lot of shows. She likes going to well, shows. Well, yeah, I think that she, she really enjoys shows. it. And some people totally love it. And yeah, she produces shows. Yeah. She, you know, yeah, I mean, well, well, yeah, I mean, Katie, my girlfriend, uh, she, Not I mean, she, she, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, she, she does something else. Like, like it's not. You know, also part of it is her job. She has to wake up very early. So we're on somewhat different schedules. So like, you know, when she was doing the show, she was driving from, you know, Brooklyn to Stanford, Connecticut. So she'd have to be in bed pretty early. Okay. You know, and, you know, though also part of it is you just don't need to see that much stand up. Also, it's like it might be fun for me and you to watch each other work out a bit. But like, you know, who wants to be like, oh, you really fixed up that (sighs) line. It was slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but then again, like, yeah, if you do a set at Carnegie Hall or whatever, like, do something somewhere that's... Did you, you do know, a set at Carnegie Hall? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Ah! I, just, I opened for Aziz at Carnegie Hall. Or, like, when I did the Hollywood Bowl, like, she came out. Oh, that's great. With 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 uh, opening for Flight of the Concords. Okay. Not to be like, when was the time that you headlined the... It was like it was me, Zeppelin. You... Wait, I didn't even hear that. I, I heard it, but I didn't hear it. You performed at the hollywood bowl well in the craft services area. yeah no 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 at the hollywood bowl yeah 
yes, I thought for was... a second, I literally, when you were like, well, in the small area, I was like, clearly not in the Hollywood No, bowl. no, no, in the bowl. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, me, oh. Kristen, and Arch Barker, all three of us got to open for Concords there. You did, but it was just you on stage doing stand-up? Yeah, yeah, and there was like 15,000 people in giant monitors. It was pretty amazing. Oh, God, I love that the was, Hollywood bowl. you know, by far the biggest audience but what was crazy because it was watching what was amazing is when you do when i've opened for them it's often indoor and so like you'll literally tell a joke and it'll like bounce back at you as you're telling the punchline like it's weird with just like the sound of a giant arena talking but with the hollywood bowl because it was outdoor that didn't happen so it like weirdly felt like a club like a normal space even though it was so gigantic so it was kind of just incredible that was oh basically God. one of the funnest, you know, most incredible. There's no way I'm going to dream of this. Like you just described it, and I feel like I can. May I recommend see it. becoming uh, part of some sort of musical comedy thing? And yes. Then the yes. opportunity will present itself, and then I could be the Concord. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah meaning like they, yeah, they're they're massively popular. So. Huge. Maybe uh, maybe Thune will get really really huge. Maybe he's got a guitar. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, man. I yeah, can't yeah. believe that. So what about the laugh? Did the laugh like slow? Did you get to watch it go to the cheap seats? Uh, you know, I don't. I mean, I did certainly it sound didn't pause. Normal? It sounded fairly normal. Like you could hear people laughing. I don't really remember because I wasn't like I was more just trying to do a good job than being like, I want to soak in the laugh. Uh, and wait till everyone's done and then I'll start back up <laughs> with weird, awkward. I was trying to do it like it was normal to right. talk to that many people. Right. And Kristen did it too. Yeah, yeah. And Kristen and Arch Barker. Yeah, and yeah. Arch. Oh my it. God, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's so so it's pretty cool. awesome. Well, that's great. Is your do you have a lot of laughs with the ladies? Is that like a funny yeah, yeah. thing? It's yeah, really funny times. We do. We have a lot of fun oh, goofing around. Nice. I, like I think. That a lot. you know. I think that's you know one that's probably something lots of people have. Sure. Um, but pretty important. But yeah. Some people. Some people. Uh, I was just watching the thing about Don Rickles and his wife. Like, didn't really find him funny, and, and he enjoyed the challenge of that. My ex-wife didn't think that I was that funny. We right. had our, we had some laughs, but right, she right. wasn't like, "Oh man, the way your brain works really just gets right. Rainforest Cafe down there." Yeah, I don't know if she, I think that similarly. I think that Katie thinks I'm funny, but I don't think it's like. Uh, everything he says yeah, yeah. No, no, no. it's <laughs> nothing it's says. nothing like that it's like a normal person enjoying a, a person in a normal what about uh not to make it well let's make it weird are, are you a marriage person do you see that happening um she won't maybe to this. i just sure, mean I'm like i'm sure that would would uh I've talked like, to oh, i talked about marriage um <laughs> it'll you know, show up I, on I, I feel like i would certainly I, i'm not opposed to it like i'm not like i would never get married i'm not like uh whoever would say like george Clooney. well uh is that a good comparison with me janine uh not into right it. Uh, uh, i think the problem is i meet more and more of me, these open relationship people well i think the problem for me is i certainly would consider it and i certainly would maybe do it but i also find that it's just not permanent like in the sense i mean i'm talking to someone who got divorced yeah so i feel like i feel like there was a time admittedly probably not for the best when people didn't get divorced which right. i'm not saying is any better right but i think i just feel like so much of marriage now is just like a promise to like be in a long term to, to be in love and if that ends to do just a ton of paperwork like yeah you know where it's just like because like <laughs> But that's just what it literally I is. I vow to love you until it ends, and then I'm going to do a ton of paperwork. I promise to do so much paperwork, I can't believe I promised this. 
But that is like literally it, like what I can't escape is the idea that that's literally true. Yes. That no matter what you think and feel, though I understand that it's like a warm gesture and I and, and I'm not totally opposed to it. Sure, I sure, just sure. also can't help but see it in these sort of just like terms of like, yeah, I would do it, but then also, you know, it it doesn't I don't know what it means since, like, it, people get out of it. Right. I, and I'm sure that someone very religious is listening to this going, like, well, that's why you do it forever, no matter right, what. Right, right, right. No matter. But also you – but that isn't what people do. And I was religious. I, we yeah. were both religious. See? Yeah. Yeah, but then you found stand-up. Ah, uh, no, I had stand-up the whole time. Yeah, yeah, but then you found the shit out of it. Yeah, that's true, that's true. That's a, you, are you saying that that makes it difficult to remain religious? That's the last topic, is religion. We always go um, Or what did the, you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, me. vaguely. I mean, well, I meant that... I, 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 I wouldn't mean that normally. I mean in your specific instance. Oh, I see. I, see. I think. Uh, well, religion is very... I love your material about religion. And mm-hmm. when I did the show The Paradise, I did my... I'm working out some stuff on yeah. religion. And I got off stage and I said to you, I was like, I can't top Autistic Boy, which is the name of your third album. The Asperger, yeah, 12-year-old Oh, I'm sorry. A- what did I say? Asperger's. Asperger's. Uh, which is, you know. Sure. God is a... 12-year-old boy with Asperger's. It's like if, if I said the whole phrase would be struck by lightning, but if we sl- split Stay it up, together. we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be okay. Yes. Uh, is that really how? Uh, not not that specifically, but is it seems to me from listening to your material that religion seems very silly to you. You know, it's funny. I would. I think that. I mean, you know, yes and no. I I uh, I would never claim that I one hundred percent know anything, but uh, I think the spe- I again, and it's what I say in the joke too. I think just the specificity of religion to me is so insane. Like. Yeah. It's not that I can't imagine an alien being that could create other alien beings or whatever. Uh, It's that the idea that he's like, whatever you do, don't shave your beard. (laughs) And never, ever eat horses. Like, that's the part to me where he's like, and if you have sex and like, I get it for society. Like, I get the value of these things at different points in society. Never, ever eat horses. (laughs) Like, but that is like elements and like some people like kosher like one of the things that people talk about like uh people keeping kosher one of the things might be that in like in like thousands of years ago the things that pigs eat are the same things that people eat so if you're going to choose to raise either pigs or cows you should raise cows they eat grass people can't eat that so there's just random things like that that just make a lot of sense that but and shellfish are filthy they really are sure but they're delicious and now we can clean them they're high in cholesterol but that's fine yeah sure sure moderation but but you know so i think that there like that's the part where like you know the idea of all this insane (laughs) specificity and all the like Ask someone who was around during the Korean War to describe what happened, and I'm sure there'll be some inaccuracies, and that's, like, how, like, the Bible was written. It's really interesting. You know, so it's sort of like, it just, you know, it just seems so, that part of it seems so insane to me, though, uh, I mean... I would never be like I. I mean, I don't know that I'd ever be like. There's no God, but I don't think that there's like a God in any way that like I don't mean like there's God is in all our hearts. I mean literally right. like uh, I would just never claim that there aren't alien beings who can fold space right and like create matter or not or whatever. Not and 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 maybe that's in a sense in itself idiotic and maybe humanity knows enough. But like you know, I, I just have no idea. But I 
mostly I would be like, that's not true. More than like, I know what's true. Right. It's the same reason that I hate conspiracy theories, Whoa, which I know that you love conspiracy theories. I do theories, enjoy a good conspiracy. But, but I will say that like I like... <laughs> I made some joke about Ron Paul on Twitter, and all these people were like, Ron Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. You're ignorant. And then, like, somebody tweeted some 9 11 video to me that was like, Oh, yeah, you what? think that, like, and it's like a thing, like, Really? You think a guy on dialysis made the blah, 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 19 hijacker? And, like, the whole, like, it goes through, like, 9 11. Right. But it, to me, it's like, Why would you? Like, it's one thing to be like, governments lie, and it's another thing to go like, and I know exactly how they lied, and I know how this was pulled yeah, off. that's very and similar. And it's, it's so comforting, like religion. To me, conspiracy theories are just as comforting as religion. Of course I'd which love is, both. <laughs> which is why I find them infuriating. But it's also like with 9-11, like, for instance... Why in the world weren't the hijackers from Iraq? Like, if it's a real conspiracy, right. why would you ever be like, you, really, you could, you could blow up a building by secretly having Roosevelt plant shit? Right. And that what you couldn't do is fake some passports, and they're from Egypt and Saudi Arabia? Right. It just doesn't make sense. It only makes sense in hindsight when you're trying to prove some idiotic plan. Yeah, you're right. There, there is something kind of uh, weird about being like, any any position where you're like, I know absolutely yeah. what the truth is about this complicated thing. I think nine eleven is very complicated. Sure, more complicated than I think whatever the official story is. Whatever, I, I wouldn't deny that. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think anybody should. I also don't buy hook, line, and sinker anybody's. I explanation. also think that like when people would be like, steel melts it, blah, 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 like all that stuff. Like, right? I've read some things where like scientists were like, first of all, nobody knows exactly what would happen if jets in that like. Like, it's very reasonable that it would melt. It's insane right. to claim, as, like, someone who probably works at a coffee shop, that it right. definitely right. wouldn't right. melt. Right, right, That's the part that I find infuriating. It would be... It's fine to be like, would it melt? Or would... Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. You know yeah. what my brother uh, one time said? Uh, he's a, hu- a huge conspiracy. I love them yeah, I, because I even it. if they're just good fiction, I'm right. just like, what an interesting interpretation. Sure. And it's stimulating to me. And it's also... I'll, I'll admit to uh, receiving some type of comfort yeah. from it. Uh, when I was big into nine eleven conspiracy, I was I'm not really anymore. I remember flying and being more comfortable because I was like, they won't do it again. It's too soon. Like the right. go- meaning the government, meaning a shadow government or whatever. Right, right. Uh, but also, it's like think of the secrets that like it's so hard to keep a secret. Well, that like, that like- is the absolute best airtight. Uh, counter argument to any conspiracy is you can't find five people that would keep their mouth shut about that. No, no. How many way. things get out in general about so much? It everything. just seems like everything. You know, it just seems so. It, like, yeah, it One just seems so sure, crazy. It'd it, be in WikiLeaks. Exactly. It was a huge clusterfuck. I think everyone can agree that it was yeah. a huge clusterfuck. And who knows? And the truth is, like, did yeah, did was like flight ninety three or whatever. Like, was that shot down? Maybe. Yeah. Like, like I think that it it doesn't have to be like a wholehearted. Yeah. You know, it's not it's like like religion. You yeah. do, it's very very astute. I I I applaud you. I think the similarities between the two are very similar. Yeah. We can't paint with broad strokes when we're talking about religion or right or anything complicated yes i mean i think that if i was like someone who fundamentally understood science in a huge way maybe i would have a better idea but still i don't think i mean science constantly changes and you know you know black holes exist here or not or like you know dark matter or whatever is now who knows how much of the universe like yeah whatever all that stuff is like yeah i would just never claim to insist on a thing i just more be like yeah i think that guy's wrong my i would definitely be like that guy is wrong right the the thing i was going to tell you that my brother said to me 
which made me think I needed to uh, slowly moonwalk away from my involvement in all types of conspiracies. Lizard people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love looking at how corporate logos can be broken into satanic imagery. One of my favorites. Sure. Taco Bell. Bell has uh, three sexes in it, for example. Anyway, uh, look it up on YouTube. It'll waste a good couple hours of your life. My brother said to me humorlessly that they should find some billionaire to rebuild the towers fly planes into them and see what happens you know what i mean like that was his way because you're like we we couldn't know and it just made me remember my brother's theory was like we would know if we rebuilt them and flew the exact planes into them again and i was like i got i gotta go you ever get that feeling where you're like so it's like i don't know a lot about science but i don't believe you could just do it twice right yeah let's just do it again i gotta get off this bus yeah i remember very distinctly thinking yeah so I love that interpretation. You're also the first person to kind of dabble in the idea of uh, weird unknown alien shit. Right. Oh, good, good. That's exciting. Well, I do think that it's funny because I will say that the the sort of arrogance of when I made fun of Paul of the people who responded with conspiracy theory things. Yeah. The only other type of people I would know that ever respond with that kind of like condescending arrogance is religious <laughs> is is and not and most religious people actually I would say are are fairly nice. Yeah. And not like. You know, like meaning like when you interact one on one. I don't mean like a preacher on TV or Rick Santorum. Right, right, right. I actually um, this this might be an interesting anecdote to end on because I know we both have to get to things. But I remember the day that I wanted to not go to church anymore. I was in church at Grace Chapel, and the preacher was on uh, on uh, the whatever stage, <laughs> and I he started saying uh, prayer is important or whatever, and I and he was like, I remember on one faithful Tuesday morning prayer was a thing and i was and i thought if this guy tells a 9-11 story i'm done like i i, I can't and then I, because i was like i can't have my government and my church using the same fear tactics to keep me in line to make to make right. sure i keep going back and he did and i stopped going wow <laughs> wow that was it i was like done the end merman anything you want to plug who knows uh bob's burgers will be out in march i love bob's burgers yeah I don't. I don't really want to plug anything. Uh, oh wait! Uh, but also, I ju- uh, what's it called? Um, Delocated will be airing February second. Where you're also Eugene? Yeah, or yeah where I'm Evgeny Merminsky. Evgeny Merminsky reminds me of the name Eugene Merman. Yeah, it looks like Eugene on yeah. Wikipedia. I saw it and Gene on Bob's Burgers, which is yeah. actually one of my uh, favorite shows. I love. Thank it. you very I really much. Do love this it. was really fun. Thanks for having me. My my sincere pleasure. Oh, every episode, uh, I ask if the guests will say "Keep it crispy." It's really up to you. It's not a trick. It's no. just it's it's not a trick. It's just one of these things. I imagine at the end of uh, you know a hundred episodes, we could put ni- together a nice montage of everyone of, saying, "Keep, keep it, it crispy." Yeah, say it clean because I was talking. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. You you really are legend. <laughs> <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. dot <laughs> com. 